Welcome to the Shaky Experience. My name is James Richard Lane. Today, we'll be speaking volume with Josh of Okotigra. Okotigra are a dream pop new wave shoegaze band based in Denver, Colorado, founded in 2015. The project released their full-length debut album, which was produced by Jorge Elkrich, who has worked with artists including Wild Nothing, Ariel Pink, Sky Fiera, and many others. The band has also released a fantastic two-track single, and we'll be releasing a new EP titled Fade on November 11th, 2022. Oko Tigra has performed notable sets at Red Rocks Amphitheater, Day Trotter Studio, Open Air CPR Live, as well as festivals including SXSW, the Underground Music Showcase, Tree Fort, Denver Psych Fest, and has opened for artists such as The Horrors, Purity Ring, Filter, and so many others. The list goes on and on. What an incredible band. I'm so excited to have them on. Oko Tigra, Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, or me rather. It's a pleasure. My pleasure. Yes, of course. So this is pretty exciting because I've been a fan of your band for a few years now and just I'm so in love with your music, the two releases that you guys have, the full length as well as the double single. Both are just so excellent. And when I finally saw the teaser that you were going to release new music, I was just ecstatic. I was like, what? This is the best thing ever. So you do have this new EP coming out, Fade. Talk to me a little bit about what people can expect from it. Well, your reaction to that teaser is exactly what we wanted i think you know like a lot of bands we've been sort of quiet over the last you know year plus and it felt good to kind of you know almost beyonce style just kind of drop something in people's laps and let them know that something was coming something we've been working on i feel like all through pandemic or it was conceptualized then and something that we wanted to do all of that time and it was obviously a slow process again probably like a lot of musicians during that time. But um, I feel like it finally found its way into the light. Yeah, I, it's, you know, takes what we'd done prior to a little bit of a different area of the spectrum for us. I feel like, uh, whereas the debut album was a bit, you know, heavy on the uh, maybe dreamy, optimistic vibes, this feels a little more confrontational, you know, has a little more energy behind it in some ways so I feel like you know without trying to conceptualize it too much it kind of ended up just being a reflection I think of post debut into the pandemic and coming out of it more or less it has it has a mirror on itself you know for the world and for us as a band so Okay. Yeah. I mean, it definitely just the single that's released now, and there's obviously other tracks to be heard on the EP. It definitely does have a different feeling to it. I will say that, you know, it feels like almost like some emotional angst, maybe, or just like some type of way of like, almost like a breakout. It it feels like a breakout in the sense that you've been kind of, you know, MIA for a couple of years as a band and to recalibrate that that's sort of like the feeling that I took away from the song. But I would be curious, where did you find yourself mentally, physically and emotionally while writing this track? You know, it did start as the seeds of the song 
prior, I mean, you know, to pandemic, I think there was all of the news about all of the, you know, the West Coast literally being on fire. And our state was very affected smoke and atmosphere wise by that. And so I kind of felt like uh, even just the mood of that was, you know, was inspired me into an idea. And then pandemic happened. So I feel like it's not just a straight ahead you know, reference to all of those things, but it's kind of more of a metaphor that it just felt like the world, you know, was on fire and that there was heads of state who were in charge of, you know, dictating how, you know, our lives were. So it, I don't know, I just, I, I do feel like it ended up kind of being a, a process, a way to process all of the the loss physically and kind of with our band or the world or what was going on in that way. So I think it's, you know, what you're hearing is exactly correct. I mean, without it putting too fine a point on it, I think like that's ended up what we got. For sure. And it was cool to see kind of the music video that came along with it as well. It felt like a slideshow of imagery that was sort of portraying the things that have been going on. I mean, you sort of mentioned earlier just a little bit ago about how there was a lot of fires and there was a lot of travesty within recent years. Even I remember specifically when I was living in Colorado, there was ashes flying from the sky out front of my house and that was horrifying I was like oh my god this is crazy and I think the way the music video depicts sort of like a dream synopsis of I I can't quite tell if I should uh, you know take this in as a nightmare becoming a reality and sort of like being a voice of that uh, with this song uh, and or as your band or if this is kind of like hopefully a wake-up call to kind of push others into a new direction and it also makes me so curious why did you decide to release this now was there a certain reason why you felt that this was the right time to do this I mean you know like I said it's something that was rolling around in my head and our heads for a while and you know we had sort of the skeletons of some of the ideas and it was sort of hard to get all of those pieces together over the last you know, a year or so, but it just felt like the right time. Everything kind of fell in place with the songs being finished. And I have this thing in me where, you know, even before things are ready to absolutely go, I want to set them loose into the world. I'm always so excited to share it, but I felt like (laughs) I had my ducks in a row a little better this time. And, you know, we actually had some, some videos to show people and we're kind of more prepared to, to give it all the, we got. I guess that is, you know, partially the reason too is does kind of feel like, uh, you know, a set of songs that will hopefully, for us at least, re reinvigorate some excitement about what it means to be a band and how it feels to do the things that we did a lot before. So, you know, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say a test project, but, you know, it's kind of, I'm throwing the whole kitchen sink at this in a lot of ways and seeing what sticks on the wall. So just going for it. Certainly it's been a few years since you've released some new music out into the world. So I'm sure that it may have felt like there must have been some like pressure along with this release, you know, just kind of bringing your fans and bringing the people, your music out into the world again. Yeah. I'm not sure like 
yeah, how that came to fruition for you. But kind of judging from your previous album, it does have that sort of like dream pop sort of shoegaze vibe. Also, like it does have some optimism in it as well. What would you say are some of the primary influences for this upcoming release, Fade? You know, I think a lot of them, honestly, are more personal than they are physical. I think, you know, speaking for myself, mostly, I don't know about the guys, although I'm sure that there's a lot of similarity there. But, you know, there was a real sort of existential crisis during lockdown about this thing that I've done my whole life and that I really, you know, connected my identity to and I thought I was going to do until the end of my time. And I was confronted multiple times with feeling like, you know, is that it? Is it over? You know, it's been a pretty intense journey kind of going down that path and asking some of those questions. And those things enough for me are nightmarish, you know, and uh, I think, again, that that shows up in these songs. So, you know, without having them be total therapy out front of everybody, I think that there is a lot of kind of exercising a lot of those anxieties you know, on the public stage now with releasing these things, but not just about the world, but about ourselves and very much what the future of the world and our band and whatever looks like. So I don't have a huge, you know, plan in terms of like, you know, we're going to tour the world or anything to that regard. But I think the plan is to let people know, I guess, that we're still doing something and hopefully they like it. And, uh, you know, that will kind of bounce back onto us and, you know, the whole thing will kind of start that life cycle again. But yeah, I don't know. I love that. I love that. That is a very positive outlook. And I appreciate sort of the bravery of just kind of like referring that to almost like a exercise in this in the sense of a therapy. I mean, just making that more aware and giving people an outlet other than just actual therapy itself through music and creativity, I think is very valuable and very important to share. So uh, yeah. that that is very admirable. Yeah. You were mentioning a little bit about tour and, you know, before the show, I was even telling you, I hadn't even had the chance to see you guys yet, which is such a bummer. Um, you know, I know this EP is coming out next month. Could it even be possible for someone to see you guys, I don't know, at like just a local spot, like High Dive, Lost Lake, Mutiny, anything like that, even like just some type of public appearance, like a DJ set, who knows, and just throw the tracks in. When can we see any remnants of Oko Tigra, like even the smallest bit? I mean, you know, with all of the things I just said, which sounded very uh, <laughs> doomy when it comes to that, there is a very good chance, I think, that there will be something. I mean, again, there seems to be a new fire going on and an excitement around this. I feel it from people that are hearing the music. I feel it from us. So I think uh, the more that we feel like people really want that, you know, and the more that these kind of things, the songs are getting traction. And um, I think there's a, a very good chance that something will happen. I mean, I don't know how many um, or when, but I do think that I was, you know, I, that was another one of the little ideas that rolling around in my head with all of these new things, but it would be kind of fun to do something 
a little different in terms of shows or you know pop up at a place we've never played or do a secret show you know somewhere so there's a good chance so okay where when that would be i don't know but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know it's probably way too soon to predict anything like this but i'll just kind of throw out the idea is it possible could you even say that it's possible that there would be a second full-length album I mean, definitely, you know, there's always a possibility, I guess, of that. I mean, even this EP at first was kind of just an idea two years ago. So it makes me feel really good that it's an actual, real, sort of tangible thing now, which I think more than anything, I needed to kind of prove that to myself, you know, not necessarily to everybody else, but to prove that it was possible again. Like I said, you know, questioning all the things I was questioning during pandemic. So it feels good to know that it's possible. And again, this is a starting off point. And, you know, these things, these songs could turn into another album. And I hope so, you know, but I think per everything else that has led us to where it has led us. One of the key things has been not to like hold them too tightly, I suppose. I'm, I'm giving things some room to breathe and kind of find their space. You know, it feels, it feels really good to let that happen, I guess, you know, because before the pandemic, everything, you know, felt or now looking back on it, having this perspective felt like it was very controlled. And now there's some sort of freedom to let things kind of kind of develop. So I'm as curious about that, I guess, as maybe anybody else who is interested in our music. But I would definitely say it's a possibility. And I would really love for that to be the case. So it's not a big, it's not a no. (laughs) Yay. That is so exciting to hear (laughs) that it's even a possibility. That's all that matters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we all know that lives change and people come in and out and bandmates, inspirations, jobs. You've been experiencing a bunch of that too. So you know how it goes. There you go. I know how it goes. Sometimes it's like living on the nostalgia. I think that like when a band exceeds its time, but still goes for it anyway. I actually secretly love that so, so much just because it's like, you know, people kind of give it a lot of flack just being like, yeah, you know, you already had your time, move on and stuff like that. But I'm like, no, I still think that there's people out there that want to hear that song like 10, 20 years later. Oh, 100%, yeah. I don't know. If I could hear like plasticine or helium drum, you know, for the next 20, 30 years, I would, I'd be stoked. (laughs) Well, I hope you do. And I hope people do too. And, you know, I think there's obviously no big mystery around the fact that our music and who we are are very rooted in kind of a nostalgic vibe and even as people. And so I think a large part of what we have done to this point has been about being very reflective on the past or bringing those things into the present. And believe it or not, and again, this isn't like a a big PR statement to say, but I really feel now like it feels sort of like the first time that there's maybe a looking forwardness to things which again is that kind of confrontational vibe of the new ep i think of kind of charging forward with it into the unknown and maybe kind of you know with with no great answers into it and so there is a a different feel that way but it's absolutely you know it's true there 
I hope that people continue to like it and listen to it years and years from now, regardless of what we do. I just, you know, personally as a band, there is a feeling of kind of being forced to look forward now, I guess how that will look and what feel like so yeah right and like even in the sense of if you weren't just releasing music per se like if you were just like sharing memories or just I don't even know man like just sort of your brand in general as Oko Tigra I mean it's such a unique name in general there's got to be some connectivity. I mean, people people love feeling like different and, you know, unique and one of a kind and special and stuff like that. And I think that just even the representation of just liking Oko Tigra, it, it feels unique. It feels different. It feels special. It feels one of a kind. And during the times where like me and my two-piece band, we the times we weren't able to play together, we would just do live streams together and just share stories about our band experiences and we'd have like a a pretty decent amount of people tune in just because they're like ridiculous stories and I don't know I think I would probably tune in if you guys like went on and started talking about your experience at Red Rocks or like a crazy story from UMS or something like that (laughs) totally I mean I I'm way more into the idea of that now I think again not hardcore intensely on purpose but I think there's always kind of been an agreed sense of mystery about you know who we are what we do that way that we've kind of cherished a bit but you know like I said I'm throwing everything against the wall at this point so you know I'm open to talking about stuff and giving backstories and you know kind of letting some of the light shine in a little bit you know because why not I think (laughs) you know I can't hold on to them forever so I love that so let's dive into your history anyway so I have been a fan for a while as I was mentioning and I I gotta say this I hope that you're okay with this but I I gotta say it I think that you are objectively one of the best bands to come out of the state of Colorado if not surrounding areas and don't get me wrong I mean there are lots of great bands that I love from Colorado a lot a lot of them really good bands out there but you guys seriously take the cake for me especially with that debut album and the two track single I mean just really really good stuff and I was mentioning a couple of the songs earlier and I just want to quickly just say again is like Plasticine, Helium Drum, Ghost, Better Years, Sea Legs are some of my top top favorites I mean if you listen to those songs the lyrics are so captivating the guitar parts of sort of this reverby echoey just sounds very stimulating it just has this engaging vibe that you you just want to play on repeat for anyone that hasn't heard it it's the best it is really that good so talking a little bit about that what what do you feel personally as the person that made those songs what do you feel makes that those songs so special why are they so connective why do you think they're able to engage people the way that they do? That's a great question. Honestly, I've thought about this with people that I admire. And I think the real key there is that there is a, a real genuineness in it, I guess. You know, it's I have told people numerous times, even though you know, again, it's no mystery that we have a lot of 80s and, you know, specific influences. What we do is not burlesque, you know, it's not performative. We're not trying to be something we're not, I think. So 
in this way when starting this band for me as a writer it felt like a way to, to kind of break free from all of the ways that i had written songs prior to okotigra and um I don't know. I think like everything that came out in writing all of those songs for that album was, you know, very much almost like um, there was a there wasn't a lot of plan. I mean, not planning around it, but it just they kind of just happened. So they're very genuinely like you can feel the excitement about what we were doing. And I think that it gelled so well and that what came out of it came out of it. So I think it just that it's not performative. It's very genuine, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, I don't know if you hired some type of spiritual shaman or if there was some type of voodoo. I I don't know. I don't know what you guys did, but somehow it feels like even the song Better Years feels like there's some hypnosis in there. It it feels like you could just (laughs) listen to that one. (laughs) that's one of my favorites for sure yeah you know there there are lots of memorable lines from it too that I really admire as well like nobody lives forever but I hope you never die and then another one is I, I think if I heard you correctly a drowning misfit praying for recovery and these topics are like intense i mean these are some really serious stuff how did you feel releasing that into the world when it first came out what was that sort of like feeling for you was it a very vulnerable feeling how did you perceive it i mean again strangely enough for me not very much because having done a solo thing for a long time before oko tigra there was a lot more kind of like me focus and kind of very literal or you know a lot of people interpreting those things you know and it's very easy for that just to get laser light pointed back right at you but with Oko Tigra it was very much you know a band and I kind of felt like we all melted into the same scenery together more or less so there was more freedom to you know I guess be more vulnerable or open that way without feeling like you were sticking out like a sore thumb so a lot of that stuff even though seemingly probably intense or vulnerable felt easier to digress to people because there was less of a a focus on it just being me you know what I mean I can kind of it could be under the veil of Oko Tigra as a whole and not just me as a person or as a songwriter so i like that that makes a lot of sense yeah having other people on stage with you and other people involved in the project i i would imagine it definitely does take off some weight that checks out yeah i love that totally yeah um, it's nice it's it's a fun writing product it's a fun way to perform and write that i hadn't been used to before so again there was a lot of freedom in that so it was nice I mentioned a little earlier when you opened for those well-known artists like the Horrors, which, man, I remember uh, buying my first two Horrors albums and I was just so excited, like just really, really good music, you know, and just a different sound too, a different sound. You guys opening up for the Horrors, Purity Ring, Filter, another one, oh my God, loved listening to that music when I was like way younger and just really good sound still till today, as well as playing big stages like Red Rocks as well as UMS and so forth. Did you always envision yourself playing things like this or did it just kind of happen? Did it kind of just fall into place or was this the dream for you? 
Um, it was definitely more of on the dream end, I suppose. I mean, I've done music my whole life. I've lived in Colorado my whole life. So obviously, you know, places like Red Rocks or, you know, there are things you saw all the time growing up or saw your favorite bands at. And not one band I know in Colorado would not want to play that stage to a bunch of people. So getting the opportunity to do that and, you know, getting to play a sold out, you know, Boulder theater with purity ring and to see, you know, again, all the, all of these things you want to do as a performer. So it feels good to check some of those things off of the list and have experienced that because they are things that I've wanted to do my whole life. And there's still a lot more, I think, in my deepest heart of hearts, but knowing that some of those things happened for us feels really good yeah I, I mean especially like playing red rocks i'm not from colorado but i lived there for many years and i could imagine being from the state and playing such a prominent amazing venue oh my god that must have been yeah one of the highlights of life i'd imagine yeah i mean looking out at that wall of people and you know i mean knowing that you're in a dressing room where some of the biggest names in music have been in and i mean it was sort of a <laughs> not to sound like a cliche but it was a holy experience you know for sure yeah oh oh yeah for sure absolutely uh so good you know i know that the debut album had a lot of significant impact and it was uh it got you to play some big shows and uh open up for a lot of larger artists do you feel that that debut album still connects to you as a person or do you still feel that you are the person that wrote those lyrics are those lyrics still who you are as a person or do you feel like you've kind of evolved and you're in a different part of your life now I think because it is so, you know, more or less recent and next door to our the current period of us, it feels pretty familiar and, you know, definitely not like something I can't relate to, but it is always interesting to look back as an artist over a body of work that you've done. And, you know, I'll hear stuff from when I was 25 years old and I literally will think, like, who is that person? I don't, I don't know who that was that wrote that. I don't remember writing it. I don't, you know, it's, so it's almost like hearing some of them and feeling like a different, you're listening to a different person. It's not that way with our album again, since it's, you know, been more or less just a few years, but I'm sure, you know, another 10 from now, I will look back and get very nostalgic about it all over again and feel that way about it so <laughs> <laughs> i love that for the next set of questions i am gonna say a word or a phrase and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind ready okay let's go denver band snake rattle rattlesnake oh i don't know them yeah okay. we'll have to talk about them okay vacation spot most recently i mean i was thinking california for some reason so okay yeah yeah karaoke song Human Nature by Michael Jackson. <laughs> I can really tear that one apart. So, Weird Touch. Um, Adam's Apple. Okay. Huh. That's an interesting one. We'll have to dive yeah. in that one later. <laughs> <laughs> Show or tour snack? That's a, yeah, that's a good question. I don't usually eat before I sing. Uh, so maybe um, a light beer. That's it. <laughs> Favorite Oko Tigra song. Favorite Oko Tigra song. You know, I think it might be, gosh, that's hard. It might be Plasticine. Yeah. 
Yeah, seriously. God, how could a song go from like dancey, fun, pop to also like goth and just sort of like dreary all in one? It's just, it's the song. It's the song of all seasons. The song of all seasons. That's right. What is the most unique place you've ever performed? Boat, helicopter, courthouse, retail store? I played in a used car parking lot for a radio promotion thing that was going on. I don't remember what it was for, but it was a used car parking lot. And there was two people there. One of them being a car salesman. (laughs) (laughs) Was this with your solo project or? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was kind of a while ago, but I think that was definitely. Definitely, you know, I was young and ambitious and I said, sure, I'll do it. And that's, <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> do you have a crazy story from your first Oko Tigra performance? What that was kind of like? It was really exciting, actually. We did a soft release kind of thing. We had a secret show that we did at what is now, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Globe Hall. It was called the Sidewinder back in the day. Okay. Um, so we did that with our friends, male blonding, and we like literally sent out like kind of just personal invites to a handful of people to come and see the show. So we did like a secret side soft debut kind of show for, as a test run for some people. So in that way, it was crazy. It wasn't like your typical debut show, but it was a uh, it was fun. It was different. I love that. That's fun. Memorable. And- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Globehall is like sort of far out there. But like, I don't know, I feel like that would be even more exciting in some ways, because like, it, you know, people are going to be in this space specifically yep. to see, you know, Yeah, exactly. Coming. We did, chose that on purpose for that reason, just to kind of be a, uh, I mean, it's not a warehouse venue, but it kind of felt like you were going out of, you know, the normal city limits to go see a band that you've never heard of before you know right exactly (laughs) yeah i love that out of all the artists that you opened up for as far as the bigger names like you know the horrors purity ring filter and so many more i mean that list was a really long list those are the ones that i specifically remember but the list is very long you know what was the most memorable one for you and why um gosh that's tough i think you know, the Purity Ring show, again, was really fun. It kind of came up super quick. And, you know, I think there is a, you know, like maybe our acts are kind of like second cousins to each other, you know, uh, and there is maybe some of that, you know, there's some qualities that are there for both. But um, it also kind of felt like, you know, a little bit, you know, it wasn't like a, a band band that we were going to be opening for. And um, yeah, again, to to play uh, the boulder theater is a pretty decent sized space so to get in that room and have it be totally sold out you know with all these people who love purity ring uh it was it was uh, an adrenaline rush for sure and it, it felt yeah. a little like unfamiliar to be honest in a lot of ways but, you know just slightly out of the comfort zone with <laughs> 
the crowd you know i mean just a little bit because it just seemed a little different but it was so much fun so maybe that yeah and being that you've opened up for them and oh yeah nation of language too oh my god what another great one another good one but when you do open up for artists like this and have sort of fans come up to you afterwards I don't know. Can you describe that experience a little bit? Like, is that just a very exciting thriller experience? What's that like for you? Absolutely. I mean, especially in those scenarios when you're playing for a bunch of people who more or less have never heard of you before. And so once you get done with your set and if you felt like they received it well to, you know, to see the people who make their way to the, all the way back to the front of the venue to come say hi to you or to buy some merch from you or whatever, tag you and videos that they took of your performance is always an exhilarating feeling for us you know and, and i'm sure for every band that does that but you know knowing that you because you go into this sort of uncertain scenario and you end up kind of feeling a little validated that you reached some people and they dig what you did and hopefully they'll continue to follow what you do so absolutely <laughs> Yep. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. So yeah. I grew up checking out Day Trotter, right? Like I loved Day Trotter so much, especially yeah. I think, I mean, I could be wrong here. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that I was checking out Day Trotter when I had AOL dial-up internet. When oh, I was probably. like, I mean, the internet, yeah. you know, and I would get so excited to see the illustrations. Did yeah, absolutely. Illustrated as a band when you did Day Trotter? Absolutely. And to be honest with you, like our performance that day, we were like the last band of, you know, they kind of do them. I think they're supposed to do them in these quick 20 minute increments. They get you in there, they throw the mics up and you do kind of like a quick set and then you go. But we were the last band, I think, of the day that was in their recording. Yeah, it felt even more rushed than probably the usual day trotter session is rushed. So, you know, the performance itself, I don't think is like some of my favorite stuff. However, getting immortalized as a day trotter drawing is absolutely like the best part about all of that. So 100%. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know, man. Those illustrations are really good and really memorable. I got to see yours. You still have it, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, it's on our Instagram and I mean, if you Google, I'm sure Okotibi day trotter will come up, but definitely it's out there. Yep. Are you happy with it? Do you like the way it looks? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, there's not a lot of room for critiquing me that because they are what they are and you just hope that you get to be one and I'm glad that we got to be one, so. Love that, love that. Yeah. So, so Josh, I'm going to start asking you the really tough questions now. Unfortunately, I gave you a little bit of time to think on this, unlike other artists in the past. What would you say is... <laughs> What would you say is criminally the most underrated album of all time? Well, I thought about this and, you know, there are albums that I love that maybe a lot of my peers or friends, you know, don't know that much about, but the albums themselves are pretty iconic. So I couldn't in good faith say that they were underrated. But the one that always comes to my mind, even before you've asked that question, is the band that I mentioned earlier, the Snake Rattle Rattlesnake from Colorado. They have a band called Totem. And I always thought, to myself that if I were ever in a position to like get really famous 
you know, and I was being asked this question on Oprah or something that I would use that opportunity to be like this album, because I just feel like, you know, it's it kind of like the what you were talking about. Like this should be that album that like they, that made them so famous. And I just feel like it's so effortlessly cool. And it, it has its own kind of uh lead into our band because I like how that album sounded so much that we asked Wilson uh, Helmrex from the band, the guitar player and producer to produce our first single, the Glass John Plasticine single. So he recorded and produced that one for us. So it's kind of like this little, you know, unintentional family tree of loving that album and how it sounded and really respecting how they tackled being a band and how cool it was. And that made me want to like, you know, I want to do that same thing, you know, in a lot of ways. So it made it's how we ended up working with them and then you know led to all the other stuff. So so the band's name is Totem. Oh the band's name is Snake Rattle Rattlesnake and the album is called Totem. But okay. uh it's members um from a, a band called Monofog, Doug and Haley. And uh, then this is kind of like their reinvented you know, they put all their chips on the table and, you know, said, like, this is our last big go of it. And they really went for it. And it's like, it's just so fantastic to me. It sounds Around like a major what, label album. <laughs> what year did this album come out or roughly? Um, I think it must have been a, a year or two before. It must have been 2014, maybe, or 15, Okay, I want to say. So, okay, because so. I'm going to check this out now. Like, this is a question yeah. that, you know, I like to know for my own personal being as well, for something good yeah. to check out. I love that. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite newer artists right now? Or just, you know what, artists that you're listening to in your rotation right now? Yeah, I mean, along with a heavy rotation of things I love, you know, like Depeche Mode and Kate Bush and all of those things. Recent bands, um, Always, their new album, The Blue Rev, it's fantastic. It's so good. Oh, yeah. We recently discovered a band called Thus Love, T-H-U-S. Super cool, kind of like post-punky. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's really good. It's, uh, yeah, it's not like overly produced or trying to be anything that it's not. It's fantastic. So it, the album's called Memorial by Thus Loves Great. Um, I really like, I don't know, they're, they're not brand new, but Fontaine's DC, their newest album. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's really skin, good one. Skinty Far, so good. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a couple things off the top of my mind that I'm getting into lately, but yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I, I love a lot of those artists that you mentioned. And when I think of Colorado or my experience in Colorado, you know, of course, I think about you guys. I think about Gauntlet Hair. I think about Gauntlet Inner Oceans. Hair, yeah. 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 Inner yeah. Oceans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just the song that Griff wrote, he one time played a show at what's now the Roxy, used to be Syntax Opera House, and he played yeah. a solo piano show, and he performed Call Through the Wire, and he dedicated that song to me, and it just felt so, so special. I love that that song. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. So good. He's so talented, and I love that band, and I feel like he's been having a good amount of success on his own recently, and so good for him, because... I've always thought he was uber talented. Yeah. What would you say is your favorite lyric or verse you have ever written? Mm. You know, kind of one you mentioned earlier is something I've always loved and it's so simple, but in ghosts and that's really resonated with people yeah. is the, you know, nobody lives forever, but I hope you never die. Um, 
I, uh, I, again, there's so many good lyrics and so many things <laughs> to, to point to and things that I've, you know, even mean more to me, but that one seems to kind of, I, I can feel its connectivity, I guess, you know? Yeah. So that's I, I think special. That, that song, I mean, I think a lot of people can really connect to that song and that verse, really. I mean, there is somebody out there for everyone, I'm sure. That piece right there is just like, yeah, it says it all, yeah. really. <laughs> um, totally. If you could have any musician, past or present, cover a song of yours, wow. which musician would it be and what song would it be? Wow. Um, gosh, that's a great, that is a great question. Who would it be? <laughs> I mean, there's so many people I would love and be totally honored with. You know, I would like to hear Kate Bush do Better Years. I think, uh, I think that would be great. I Absolutely. could pass away then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Name a band or artist that you believe is the best live show you've ever seen. So I feel like I've seen so many great shows, but the one, one of them that really stands out in my mind was in 2010, I went to see Sufjan Stevens at mm. the Paramount yeah. Theater after yeah. the Age of Ads album. And I guess, you know, I didn't know what to expect because I had never seen him before. And the stage performance or the, sh- the show that went along with the beautiful music. I mean, it was like, um, I mean, not one person was breathing, I feel like in that auditorium. That was, um, yeah, it was uh, It was one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. So I've seen great, 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 like, you know, goosebump inducing shows, but the Sufjan Stevens Age Bad show at the Paramount in like 2010 was probably one of my favorites. So. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah, he he is a great musician. I even like his later stuff too, actually. I, I even oh, feel like yeah. he has good later stuff as well. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Yep. I, yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan for sure. I think he's a very complex, interesting, smart, talented, you know, unique artist for sure. If there was a movie or television show that you could have a song of yours in, you can choose the movie, you can choose the television show, and you have to choose the song, which would they be? Um, I am criminally behind on television shows. Every time somebody asks me what I'm watching right now, I feel like I always say the Golden Girls. And you know what I mean? Like, So I don't know. It might be, it, it might be kind of punk rock to have you know, an Oko Tigre song open up the Golden Girls. But, That'd uh, be wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in that case, uh, you know, I feel like, uh, I don't know, maybe it would have to be something real kind of, you know, moody like Mono Mano or something like that. I, yeah. I think that would be oh, a good yeah. TV show opener. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I like to try to break down a song with my guests per show. Like this is this new thing that I've been doing on my show where we break down one song in particular on the show and you kind of just dissect it for me, the ins and outs of what was going on during that time period of your life, as comfortable as you are with what what is said about the song. If we could kind of break down plasticine, going from the guitars, the lyrics, just everything, like the day you wrote that song, what, what can you, where can we go with this song? So like you kind of said earlier, it touches on or in, you know, so many different arenas and not just sound wise, I do feel like its creation was also of that nature, which probably lent some of its magic in some ways. 
um, you know, like the first and even currently majority of the songs that we do are more or less like 80 to 85% kind of written by me and we kind of flesh them out as a band. But Plasticine was a real kind of accidental experiment in working together as a band and kind of riding high on that energy as a new band to like really play with our sounds and you know who you're becoming and uh you know i definitely had like the first you know kind of like verse and chorusy kind of thing going on with the guitar but i remember being in rehearsal and neil was using uh, a drum pad for the snare which we still use to this day he doesn't use no actual snare snare on that and um, it really just added that vibe to it that it was supposed to have and uh, you know russ was given that you know kind of jangly smith's guitar yeah. and um you know yeah. that middle kind of like real kind of shoegazy kind of you know breakdown part i don't know the whole thing kind of was this like symbiotic kind of collection of our contributions that's a perfect showcase of that working well in our band and then you know obviously what it ended up producing too but um i don't know uh i mean so that's what happened in the writing of it and i think that's why it's so special you know mm -hmm. meaning wise it's a little more mysterious you know i yeah I i'm mean, not sure i even know okay 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 <laughs> if i remember correctly there's a line in the song i don't know it feels like maybe the lyrics are a little i can't quite decipher what's being said but maybe something along the lines of just marry me i think is a word in there is that correct or oh i think you're Ooh. oh I, um, it's a little more um I think it's a little more um, morose. I think I say bury me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh my God. Excuse me for misinterpreting that. <laughs> uh, That's it. amazing though. I, <laughs> we'll Absolutely. leave it at that. But I, I just want to say, I don't know, like it, the jangly pop elements that you kind of mentioned that Russ sort of brought along into that song makes it really notable, really dancey. It feels like it could be yeah. like on, I don't even know, like an old television show almost or something totally. like that. Totally, yeah, yeah. That lead little guitar line that he plays is iconic to me. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, I mean, and I can say that because I didn't have anything to, I mean, he did it. And I just, when I hear it, I'm just like, that is the kind of song that I want. I mean, it's, yeah, it's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> and working with Jorge during that time, which as mentioned earlier, worked with Wild Nothing, Sky Fiera, and so many others. Did he have input on a lot of your songs or where did you guys kind of meet uh, creatively? It was actually, I think, Plasticine that really kind of hooked him, too. We sent them those two songs in the hopes of kind of enticing him to come work with us. And that's why we even re-recorded Plasticine and put it on the album, because he liked it, kind of wanted to put his own little, you know, spin on it. But um, getting to work with him was a huge, huge deal for us. I mean, I had just read... a stereo gum article about him you know kind of being like a really kind of in in demand guy who was kind of working in all of those areas that we were doing you know like lo-fi 80s kind of you know shoegazy kind of and then you know knowing that he worked on you know no joy and tamarind and all these people that i kind of liked it was like well you know he would this would be great. This would take us to another level if we were, you know, getting produced and working with somebody like that. So I just took a chance and literally blind, 
emailed him and sent him the songs and he responded back and what? um yeah and it was great and you know now i mean he's done all of the things that we've recorded including this new ep since so it's his his signature touch production wise and all that is very present i feel like from our album on so yeah I love it's that. a big deal I love that. yeah can we expect oko tigra five years from now or where do you see oko tigra in the next five years what is the next five years for you yeah i mean that's a great question again kind of <laughs> you know going back to your the earlier point made i'd like to think that's the case and um kind of I, i'm not putting pressure on these new songs per se but it does feel like this is the test market to see how we feel about that and if it inspires more and obviously if it you know it's just the chemical reaction to all of this and that happens naturally that's the hope you know so the hope is that you know in five years we're going to be doing a big tour and going around and playing all those shows that people haven't got to see and releasing another record yeah. and yeah you know so that's that's the best case scenario but you know we'll see i don't want to let going back to not wanting to hold things too tight i don't want to strangle it and put that kind of a pressure on it but that's the hope cool awesome that's it that's it and my final question is yeah if you have any artists or musicians uh that you want to recommend that i should have on my show next uh please i would love to hear it I've been so out of the out of the loop. I mean, again, I haven't gone to see like very many local shows, which I'm killing myself about because, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many good new acts. I was looking at the lineups of the last two UMSs and yeah. was really excited about a lot of those people. Let me see who somebody that uh, I don't know how to correctly say her name, but it's uh, that Neoma. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I've heard yeah. good things about her. Yeah. Um, who else do we like? Man, I it, this might be the hardest question, and it should be the easiest because these are my people, <laughs> but our ex-guitar player, Noah, left and kind of restarted another band, which again, I'm kicking myself for not knowing right now, but I uh, listened to some of the stuff and it's really exciting. And it's, he went back to kind of doing more guitar driven kind of stuff and okay, being yeah. in front of the band, which is good, but can't yeah. think of it, but it, it's all, it's all good. Me. Yeah. Later. Yeah. Always later. Yeah. Neoma is a good one. Definitely check her out. But yeah. Thank you so much, Josh of Tigra for coming on. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you as well. This has been a lot of fun. We'll do it again. Thank you to everyone that tuned in. If you have any questions, feedback, or recommendations of who I should have on my show next, reach out to me on Instagram at James Richard Lane or Twitter, James Lane, Lane with two E's. Have a great week. And as always, please support your local animal shelter. Goodbye.